I have a parishioner, someone who goes to this church and has been going here for a long time. She works in the ICU. Last week I ran into her and I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm tired of putting people in body bags. Get it for your neighbor. Get it for your kids. Get it for our healthcare workers. Get the shot. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. School started this past week. Where are my young adults? <laughs> School started this past week. I thought there'd be more gusto and, and joy at the eight o'clock service, which is, you know, the demographic's a little bit different there. I said that, and they were kind of like, oh, yeah, that, that did happen this past week. So I thought I'd get a little bit more excitement. School started back into a routine. Yay. That is a good, good thing. And so every year at this time, I start thinking about my school days, and I start thinking about my teachers, not just from grade school, but my teachers, my professors at Mississippi State, and my professors in seminary. And a lot of these, these teachers, these people who, who educated me and, uh, and still love me today, I think, I keep up with them on Facebook, and I hear from them every now and then. I was at home at St. Paul's in Meridian a couple months ago preaching there, and before I walked into the service, someone said, there's a lady outside that wants to talk with you. I thought, oh Lord, who is it? And so I walked outside, and it was Mrs. Reynolds, my eighth grade English teacher. It was so good to see her, so good to catch up for a few minutes. And she said, your mom told me that you were preaching, and so I decided to come hear you. I said, oh gosh, well I hope that my subjects and verbs agree. And that I don't dangle any prepositions at the end of a sentence. So it is at this point every year that I give thanks for, for our teachers. Not just mine, but my kids' teachers, the teachers that we have in, in our church here. Jesus was a teacher. Jesus is an educator. That is often what he can be found doing in the Gospels. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, he is known as a teaching Messiah. That is who Jesus is portrayed as. He's called rabbi, in Hebrew, teacher. So that is what Jesus does. He teaches us. He teaches us the ways of the Father. He teaches us the love of God because he himself is God, is God in flesh. And so today, again, Jesus is teaching. We're continuing to make our way through the sixth chapter of John, which begins with the feeding of the 5,000. And then Jesus is teaching the day after to those same people he fed with five loaves and two fish, teaching them who he is, teaching them what it means to be the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread that their ancestors ate in the wilderness. But this bread is from God himself. Jesus is the bread that has come down from heaven so that whoever eats this bread shall never hunger again. 
And so we've heard that for the past couple of weeks. I am the bread that came down from heaven. But today we get a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a, a turn here. Because Jesus starts talking about eating this bread. Those who eat my flesh abide in me and I in them. If you think it's weird, it is. It's a little strange. In fact, the first Christians, the first martyrs, one of the things they were accused of was cannibalism. You know, these Christians, these people are going around talking about eating flesh and drinking, drinking blood. And also that goes against Jewish dietary laws. So it is sort of weird that Jesus decides to, to go this route, to go this way. Commentators think that perhaps this was added later into John's Gospel, after the Eucharist had become a thing for Christians. But nonetheless, what Jesus is inviting us into, no matter how he says it, is relationship. We're all Eucharistic people. All Eucharistic people. It strikes me, whenever we have annual council or we have something where Ben and I can't be here and we have morning prayer, there's like 20 people that show up. But when we have Eucharist, people come out of the woodwork. Long-time members, people who are just visiting. So we're all Eucharistic people. When we gather together, that is what we expect. We expect to break bread together on our knees. You expect to receive the Eucharist because we are Eucharistic people. That is what binds us together, and that is what binds us to the love of God in Jesus Christ. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. God is constantly calling us into relationship with himself. Our God is in the business of relationships. Every time we go to the Eucharist, every time we reach out for our Lord Jesus Christ, we are being called anew. We are being called to be Christian. Being a Christian is something I hope I never fully arrive at. I just dangled a preposition there, <laughs> in case you noticed that. It is not something that I hope I fully arrive at. It is something that I hope I and all of us together are continually striving for. And that is what we get in the Eucharist. Continually becoming Christian. Continually following Christ. We all are worthy to receive this bread that Jesus talks about. Jesus is the bread of believers. What he is offering, if you take out all the bread talk, what he is offering is eternal life. Eternal life came down from heaven. Eternal life breathed our air and walked our walk. Eternal life knew of disease and famine and hardship and sorrow, eternal life. Eternal life wept at the grave of his friend Lazarus. Eternal life came down from heaven, and that eternal life is offered to all of us today. So whoever eats of his flesh and drinks of his blood, I know, still weird, has eternal life, abides in our Lord Jesus Christ. We are all worthy to receive eternal life. One of the things that I see most in this vocation 
it's a struggle with worthiness. I hear that often. And I have my own struggles with worthiness. Sometimes people are like, you're a priest who knew me in college. And I'm like, yeah, I can't believe it either. <laughs> yeah. I saw a Capaseg brother at a funeral a couple of weeks ago, and I said, does it look weird seeing me in a collar? And he said, yes. <laughs> it still feels weird wearing one. So I still struggle with the worthiness. And I have a lot of folks who I talk to on a daily basis who struggle with worthiness also. They can't believe that God loves them so much and that love is so deep and so broad and so high, as the hymn says, that it is accessible for them. But make no mistake, the God who calls you into relationship calls you into eternal life. There's nothing that you can do or say that can separate you from that eternal life. It is there for you. It is offered to you. Receive it, thankfully, of course, but know that you are worthy. Amen.